Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must-read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books a Million, or wherever fine books are sold. Here we are live, Food and Beverage Magazine with Jennifer English, Michael Pollard, Josh Green. And Jennifer, why don't you introduce our special guest? But I have to take my thermometer out of my mouth to do it. <laughs> TMI, Jennifer. <laughs> hey, everybody. I am super excited today because on F&B Live, we reach out to the most interesting and influential tastemakers in the food and beverage and hospitality world. And my friend Jason Asher is really reimagining what the world of saloon, cocktail bars, mixology, guest experiences uh, can be. Uh, he has for many years been one of the most influential figures in uh, spirits and cocktails in the West. Uh, primarily, he's working in Arizona, and he is part of a group called um, uh, Barter and Shaken. But but I want to want to get to two of my favorite places of his, and I want him to talk all about them um, because. One of the coolest things anybody's come up with, like for grownups ever, I want you to imagine cocktail Disney World or Disneyland or Universal Studios. Imagine being in an immersive experience that will take you the way uh, theme parks and amusement parks take kids to the world of Harry Potter or the world of Cars the movie. Jason is doing that for grownups with a cocktail concept that's one of the most exciting anywhere in the world and he's doing it here not only in north america in the united states in arizona but he's doing it in the most unlikely way and he's using all of that imagineering magic that he must have grown up with as a kid and married it up with all this cocktail guru goodness and genius that he has i'm so thrilled to welcome my friend jason asher to the program today how are you bud what's going on it's great to be. It's great to be here. Nice to see you. Or hear I'm from very, you. I'm very proud of you. Thanks. You know, we. Uh, I should say, I. I is probably a better a better word to use. I, you know, uh, have always had my own perspective, and I'm fallen in love with this industry, the hospitality industry, and set out to do something. God, many, many, many years ago, and uh, I knew there was a few boxes that needed to be checked before I could really do you know, what I really want to do. And we finally got an opportunity, you know, about three years ago, we left our corporate worlds, my partners and myself, there's only three of us. Yep. And, uh, you know, we took a big leap of faith and we opened up Undertow. And, you know, Undertow was very, a very edgy idea for 
uh, a sort of underdeveloped community of cocktail enthusiasts, if that makes sense. When you say underdeveloped, um, let's describe what that is. Because in the world of F&B, beverage is a giant category. Cocktails have come on huge in the last 20 years, where food has been coming on for 40. Cocktails had to play catch up. Beverage had to play catch up to the food piece. I, I think they have. I think in many respects, in terms of edginess, we've surpassed the food piece because of places like the aviary, uh, places like Undertow, people like you. When you say underserved, what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, I don't necessarily think that it's a knock to Phoenix, but, you know, I don't necessarily think that three or four years ago that the people in Phoenix uh, that were drinking on a regular basis were really experiencing the cocktail world in these other major cities when they went there, right? I think that, you know, we as hospitalitarians, people that are just inbred into this industry, that's the, that's the first stop when we get off the plane. It's where are we going to go have a drink? Where are we going to go have a bite of food? Those are the priorities, right? Those because things- those places will tell us where we've landed. Correct, right? And that's and that's kind of the idea here in Phoenix. Phoenix is, you know, I think still looking for an identity, but I think that it's a melting pot of a lot of cultures because it came online a little bit later than a lot of the other states. And these sort of these sort of influence that you see in Phoenix is really mainly native related, right? So, I mean, those are the big, I think, the big anchors in the ground, if you will. But uh, you can't help but notice that um, Sonoran spirit that seeps across the border in the liquid agave spirits that really do influence the sipping world of Arizona and how that sort of, in some respects, plays a localizing substitute to the rums of another generation. 100%. The reason I'm drinking a a Paloma today. What? We're talking drinks here, buddy. (laughs) Hey, look, we, we, we sell a lot of rum. I mean, I can, I can easily uh, hang my, my, my hat on the most rum in the state for sure with, you know, with exception of maybe rum bar uh, with Dwayne and, and Danielle down there in Phoenix as they're struggling through this process of uh, this lockdown as well. But, you know, what I, what I meant by that whole statement was really that, you know, I think over the last four or five years, our, our local, our local consumer base are all the wonderful folks that live in Phoenix and the surrounding areas have traveled a lot more than they ever have. And are starting to really kind of have a, get a grasp on what cocktail culture is really like in other cities, you know, whereas ours is still, I think a little bit younger, but we're, we've gained a lot of ground in the last five years for sure. I mean, you know, with, with Aaron DeFeo and what he's been doing in two little rituals. for years and now little rituals and then Ross and, and those two partnering up and then, you know, in our recent opening of Century Grand here, I think really does uh, begin to push us in the right direction. Michael, I so want how many to... locations? Let me talk for a minute, Jennifer. Do you mind? <laughs> I was going to ask you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to ask him how, what he, how many locations he has, what he has. Does he serve food at any of them? Is it all spirits related? Um, and then we'll get more detailed in a minute. Okay, so let's let's just kind of summarize. Let's Brian, wait a minute. You know what, Jason? Let's go Brian De Palma on this. Okay. There we go. Okay. It's like Scarface. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, until about a month ago, we uh, we looked a little different, right? We had Undertow, which was this really, really cool, immersive, subterranean uh, escape 
Uh, we got Coin Tiki immediately just because of some of the decor, but really exotic drinks, things that would take you somewhere, which again is escapism, which then brings you back to Tiki. So we're this kind of quaint little uh, turn of the century clipper ship, call it mid to late 19th century clipper ship, I should say, uh, that would have moved goods and spices all over the world. Kind of the last of its kind as at the time, the rail had begun to forge its way across the country to connect the East and the West. So these kind of runs that the undertow would have been doing would have been coming to an end because the rail would have been coming soon. Gotcha. And then we when we talk about this, Michael, you got to remember that the gins and the botanicals and the spices that would have been used to make the gins, flavor the rums, make the bitters, a lot of the cocktail roots in that golden age that was Professor Jerry Thomas's time would have been heavily influenced by the kinds of spices and goods that would have traveled from the islands and the exotic spice routes around the world. All of that was the homage that um, Jason created with Undertow. So it's really a, a cocktail history lesson, to my mind, as much as an immersive experience you really can't help but be uh infused with all of this history as well as the flavors and essences it drives it all it is like the it's the vehicle that allows us to continue to grow the brand because the storyline and the history whether we're pulling elements from over here over here and pulling it back into our storyline and then embellishing it with our fictional narrative uh it's it's in there right it can go on and on and on do you know Andrew Pollard? Pollard. Oh, look at that guy. Look at that guy, huh? Is he handsome? I just want to know. Do you think, I mean, who spends more time on his hair? Yeah. Well, he, he works on it. It's not, just doesn't come natural. See, everything comes natural to Jason and he works hard, which is why genius happens that way. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Jennifer. Hey, Jason, I, I got to tell you, Michael, I'm also really proud of Jason because I've watched him develop because I'm about 100. I've watched him develop as a hospitalitarian. Is, is, is that the word you use? I love that word. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, but I want to speak to this uh, before we, before we leave under two and, and then go to century grand, I want to go to that whole uh, tiki quote unquote tiki, because when we think of tiki, we think of, you know, trader Vic Bergeron and we think of a time from the 1930s on, but a lot of those drinks have their roots in a very classic style that was Tiki before Tiki that you are paying homage to. Will you oh. talk a little bit about the trending of all that? Yeah. You know, I, I think that when my team and I, the leadership really in, in kind of my group of bartenders, that hierarchy, we started talking about undertow specifically and really, you know, the biggest question was, well, where do these guys get these drink recipes from? These are businessmen. These are entrepreneurs that don't know how to make cocktails. So where do they get them from? So this was the first menu where I dug a little deeper and I dug into some of these, these ideas that, you know, maybe it wasn't about spirits. Maybe there was wine being moved. Maybe it was fortified, fully, fully fortified and aromatized wines like Madeiras and cherries and ports. And were they using them? Were there recipes that contain them? And our recipes go back to the 1600s. So that chunk of our menu is 1600s all the way through. The thirties yeah. when Tiki begins. Yeah. Can you give us a couple of um comments about how Tiki is really one vibe that we can borrow for this 
pandemic quarantine because that idea of quarantine is such a like malaria 1930s classic cocktail kind of thing and you almost can imagine being you know a truly quarantined in a white linen suit somewhere in the far east i'm thinking of maybe like an a raffles hotel kind of a vibe right or a yeah polynesian but talk a little bit about how tiki is the perfect thing for now it is you know i mean you know there's a reason why every saturday we're, we're lucky enough to gather uh, through one of these Zoom meetings with about 150 people every single Saturday to talk tiki. It's because the local community, not just really local, but, you know, Phoenix and then some some close outlying areas. I mean, we had stuff all the way. Through. We had visitors from the East Coast and abroad up in Canada as well uh, on this last, this last week. But we have, it, it's such a following. And for those people, that one hour is that moment of escape where they can really just kind of forget about what the heck's going on around us and why we're sitting at home. But we're making drinks. We sell our little kits out of the out of Century Grand, which we can talk about in a minute. But we sell our little drink kits and people buy them and then they sit there on Saturdays and make drinks with us and uh, enjoy cocktails with us. So so what one tiki drink is the is the kind of tiki drink we can make at home during the quarantine that maybe uses something in our pantry that um, will really give us a sense of that escapism? You know, to be honest with you, uh, the Mai Tai is probably the most quintessential, right? Um, yes, it calls for very specific rums, but that's what makes a Mai Tai so cool is that you can use whatever rums you want to kind of make it your own. Yes, we follow classic guidelines, but it requires orange liqueur, lime juice, and a little bit of almond syrup, which you can easily make, which is stabilizing a little almond milk with some sugar, one-on-one, and then you're good to go, but and and by stabilizing, you mean put it in a little saucepan and cook it on the yeah. stove, or yeah, not it? Melt, yeah, melt the sugar in there, and you know what? If you have any almond extract lying around, I add a couple drops. If you have any orange flower water lying around, I'll add a little couple drops of that. Maybe um, a little amaretto if you don't. Yeah, yeah, whatever you have that's almond tasting, and yeah. just add that to it, and then you're good to go. And you can make your drinks. Um, you make the mai tai, which is really it's a rum. It's a rum daiquiri with a little almond. An orange liqueur or margarita with a little almond. It's really super simple drink. And usually two or three of those ingredients are lying around the house, usually. So And if you have there a little you cherry or a Trader Joe's cherry, no one's gonna Right. Is that what you're having there? I'm having a Paloma. I decided uh there was some grapefruit sitting in the basket, so Well, I, I talked to the lovely Brooke and she suggested let's do Spanish gin and tonics because we had our first hundred degree day in Arizona which in Arizona we call the icebreaker, so that we did an early mm-hmm. icebreaker. So we've got the one-two punch here. Yeah, I just uh, I just did a little fresh grapefruit juice, a little lime juice, a little bit of sugar, some tequila, of course, and then I uh, I made a little like fennel salt that we had on the counter. So I put a little sprinkle of fennel salt. In oh, it, nice. And I just, yeah. Michael, I, 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 I love making fennel salt. One of my... It's funny <laughs> That's something I do in my spare time. <laughs> Are we? Is there food to go along, or is this just a liquor bar? That's so. A month ago, if you were to walk into Century Grand, you would have walked into a restaurant yeah. uh, that had about thirty-four people. Uh, if you turned, that looked like an Art Deco twentieth-century twentieth-century train station. So think nineteen hundreds Art Deco Chrysler building as just beautiful marble bar top. 
maybe turn left, you walk into the platform area where you would board the train, and that's where you board uh, our presidential Pullman car that has a 46-drink cocktail program. And if you were to turn right, instead of turning left, you walk into the Gray Hen, that was our bottle shop, little retail store. That was a month ago. A month forward, here we are today, and, you know, I don't really know what the 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 rebirth of Central Gan looks like. It's definitely going to be a smaller footprint. It's not going to, you know, this is really it has to be, you know, right now cash is king when we reopen, especially with, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, cut down by, by percentage of occupancy, right? It's probably going to start off 25, 50, 75, then hundred or something like that. Uh, it, it just doesn't make sense. You know, the food side of it, it 80 cents to make a dollar cocktail side of it. 20 cents to make a dollar, you know, and when you come out of this pandemic that we're coming out of and, you know, we haven't received any funding, we haven't received anything. We're just merely kind of sitting here waiting, doing our best to sell off what we have. You know, we're going to have to open uh, a bit of a skeleton of what we were, but we're hoping to grow back into space. Jason, what's the hardest decision you've had to make during this period pandemic? Honestly, for lowering the staff was challenging. You know, when you when you get to the point where you're responsible for the, you know, the the well being of fifty people, right, and their families, and this happens, and you have to let go of your whole staff and then graciously push them towards unemployment, which you know was set in place for a reason, uh, until we get through this, and that was you know, that was hard, extremely challenging to have to make those kind of calls as a business owner. Uh, and I would say even more so now, it's everybody keeps calling and going, you know, what, what's the news? Well, there's no news. You know, I don't know. You know, we look at the rest of the country. We follow what's going on in uh, the New York Times and, whatever, and everything else that's happening in the country. And it's like a month, maybe another month, another month, two months. Listen, month. there's been talk in Arizona of everything opening up on Friday. I heard that. I heard that. I mean. He's in Arizona, isn't he? I am. I would be very surprised. You know, I don't necessarily know that if they reopen Arizona, we'll follow suit if we don't feel that at a national level it's appropriate. So, you know. So with the closures, Michael, one of the things that I was excited to have Jason on today to talk about was this virtual happy hour and these boxes and 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 tie it all together with Century Grand. We've talked a little bit about it but it's almost like you have to see the visual of the landscape zooming, not even zooming, meandering by as the chain trugs along in, in the, in the countryside or the woods or the environment. Jason, talk a little bit about Century Grand and then the virtual happy hour. Yeah. You know, Century Grand uh, was born. I mean, we opened in October, right? So not, not long ago, six months ago. Um, but really, you know, sort of in development for a few years prior to opening. Uh, and it was our, our dream to kind of open another immersive experience, experience that would just take you away, let you forget about what was going on and let you really enjoy cocktails, right? Let you be a part of what is going on in that space. And so we opened Century Grand and Century Grand opened up with a dim sum style uh, dining room uh, led by Sasha Levine. The food was outstanding, amazing. She did an amazing job. We had our gray hen that was overseen by John Christie. John Christie was a, a whiskey guy, uh, transplant from East Coast to here, I don't even know, maybe 15 years ago. And he uh, he's overseeing the whiskey program there. And then, of course, we have our train, right, which is our immersive 46-drink 
cocktail program, and all of which is set in the 1920s kind of themed environment. The train car is beautiful. Uh, it would look like something the rich would ride on. The uh, the great hat. Deluxe is the word. Just deluxe. The word yeah. deluxe. Just everything about it was deluxe. Yeah, yeah it was just, it's, it's ritzy, you know. It's on the storyline that uh, our, our, uh, our writer, Matt Snap, created for the fictional narrative that kind of takes us through the journey of the Century Grand, what it's all about. And it looks at prohibition, uh, which randomly enough, we're in the middle of currently, right? We're in a social prohibition, which is a little, a little odd, I think, for a lot of folks. In fact, today I was out and about and people were everywhere. So I didn't seem like anybody was really. That's what I thought today too, curiously. Talk about the um, virtual happy hour you're, you're alluding to. Yeah, so we have we have two different ones. We do one on Wednesdays. That's for Century Grand. It's really whiskey focused. It really takes a look at the journeys that we have been on over the last two years, collecting this uh, array of over ninety private barrels that we now house in our building, uh, and looking at the special, the, you know, what makes those each and every one of those barrels unique and the experiences that go with it. In fact, we even bring in some of those specialists from the brand, the distillers, you know, and they sit there and they chime in and talk. It's really really fun. And then on Saturdays, we do our undertow one, which is really focused around undertow and our drinks and our cocktails. And uh, we bring in the artists and they talk about the mugs and, they, you know, we talk about the storyline and we make drinks. This week, we're making a Saturn, which is one of my favorite gin drinks of all time. Love it. It's a frozen passion fruit and uh, gin. Mm-hmm. Just yummy cocktail. Yeah, it's so good. Jason, do you have to be in the Phoenix market to participate in this or can people send it? Nope, just uh, check out our social media. It's on all of our social media. You can it's a Zoom call, so you can you can sit there. We don't ship ingredients, cocktail stuff, unfortunately, but um yeah. So But we can get the list and if we can find it in our markets, we can live yeah. you know, ride along. Yeah, and me, you know, can I talk to Jennifer for a second? Would that offend you? <laughs> Would that be offensive if I spoke? You were snacking. I'm sorry. You're teasing me now. Michael loves to tease me. So I don't want to cover your face, but that's Lou Hirsch. Lou is a uh, cocktailian, as is Jason. Lou is over at, uh, you know, where Andrew works. We don't want to say the name of the place, but it's because they don't pay me to say the name of the place. But Lou works at the same company. Okay. Mm. So Lou happens to be a judge. At a competition where Food and Beverage Magazine, by the way, Jason, that's what I own, 12 million readers a month. We're looking for more. No. Um, <laughs> we're looking for more. And um, Lou is a judge at the Proof Awards. Are you familiar with the Proof Awards? I am. So the Proof Awards is, you know, we have cocktails. We have hundreds and hundreds of entries. And we bring in judges like Lou. And I actually want to extend the invitation to Jason as a judge. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. I love I mean, you. he has. He has, unless you're too snotty. I don't like snotty. Jennifer, I try to keep away because she's so picky. And we're trying to help the brands. You know, we have lots brands that aren't distributed. We have distributors. We have big box buyers. We have restaurant chains. And these are, everybody comes in. They're all judges. Delta Airlines is our partner. We fly everybody in. We put everybody up in the Vegas. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but this year, our resort partner, and probably for the future as well, is the Palms Hotel. Ooh, so nice. we're going to have beautiful rooms. Beautiful dinners. We're going to have whiskey dinners. We're going to have one of our judges is is this beautiful woman named Brittany. Jennifer, you know Brittany. Mm-hmm. And Brittany just got her master's of bourbon or whiskey or something of that nature. Some She's like the, the most no, no, what is the word, Jennifer? How does that work? She uh, has whatever I say. 
she's a true master. She's a master of like bourbon or whiskey or something. So she's going to be doing whiskey dinners. Um, so we, and it, there's no brand ownership in allowed, right? So no brands are allowed. It is only guys like Jason. And I think, I think, by the way, like Jason has a really, he's a, he has an extraordinary palate. He has great abilities, a great impresario, but he has a fantastic palate. Jason's one of those people that he's never made a drink I didn't love the taste of. And what's interesting is many people will sing the classic American songbook and some you like and some you don't like. There are some people whose hand you like at the piano, like the way some people play and not others. Same holds true for cocktails. That's why it makes sense to taste around and find those people who make something that really resonates and vibes with you. For me, Jason's one of those guys who really just has that sense in his hand, the way he mixes a drink, his palate and his passion. It's fantastic. Oh, there you go. Proof of word. You like the award? Isn't that beautiful? Sorry, Jennifer. I didn't know you were talking. Isn't that beautiful, Jason? (laughs) Yeah. That's the award. That's 14 karat gold plated. That's, yeah, awesome. that's what they get their bottles. Yeah. Jennifer, where are you? Now, back to you for a minute. Um, we don't have a studio audience today, but Jennifer does have one of these. So did you know that, Jason? I did. I know. So she's very, you know, very little high end. Right, Jen? We good on that? Is that PETA? Oh, let me do that again. Oh, oh James Beard Award. Whoops, whoops, whoops. But what she doesn't have is one of these. Oops, Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success, available on barnesandnoble.com and Amazon. <laughs> so funny. I love that. Hey, Jason, thanks a million for coming and hanging out with us. You're welcome. Yeah, it was fun. It's, uh, you know, to kind of let loose is nice to be able to talk with some of fellow fellow hospitalitarians. <laughs> I'll say that word one more time for you. You know, we're here together and this is really all about the trade and, and getting people who are in the industry to to realize that we, we really are all in this together. We are, you know, and we're going to come out of it together. You know, we are. One, it's- one, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you before we let you go, do you have a house toast for each of your places? Is there an undertow house toast? And is there a Century Grand house toast? You know, I would say that... We do uh, a house punch that we give away, which changes every week. But if you were to catch the bartenders before shift, over at Undertow, it's almost always Ramazadi Amaro. Nice. Or, or a daiquiri. If you f- nice. get over to Century Grand, it's 99.9% of the time uh, either Madeira or Sherry. And what's the language you use to welcome your guests? Is there a toast that you actually say when you clink glasses? Is there something we can do today? We'll clink. No, uh, not really. You know, everybody that boards our train gets a, a glass of bubbles when they sit down and we just say welcome. So, you know, for us, it's just like uh, opening our front door and saying welcome. So, Well, uh, cheers. Clink my glass. Yeah. Jason Asher, thank you so much for coming yeah. and hanging out with us. Let's give everybody the location uh, of your social media and your website so people can read a little bit more about what you guys are up to. Yeah. Oh, where'd he go? Oh, right. and shake.com. And that'll take you to links to all of our other websites, but we also have undertowphx.com and centurygrandphx.com. And both of those uh, have everything you need to know about our bars.
we'll give you our addresses and everything else. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being with us and hanging out with us. You're welcome. Nice to see you, Jennifer. We love it. We love love Jason. Jason, we're going to see you in Vegas in July. You're going to be a judge. We're going to fly you in. Jennifer, will you escort him to Vegas to make sure he gets here? I will carry his luggage. I will do whatever (laughs) it takes to get him there. Two days at the Palms Casino and Resort in Las Vegas for the Proof Award. I mean, you're going to have a great time. I can't wait, man. Are you allowed to go? Are you allowed? I mean, as long as we're allowed to go, it's fine. Yeah, you can bring whoever you want. What about the baby? You got someone to watch the baby for you? Of course. We got got in-laws in Vegas, too, so. Oh, nice. What? Now we're talking. I got a three-year-old. They can play together, those two. There you go. So we're good. (laughs) I love it. All cool. right. Thank you again, Jennifer. Thank you. What are we up next week? We're up. What are we doing? Uh, we got a show on Friday. We're taking you to the Cranberry Bogs of my New England hometown of Massachusetts. We're going to see what Ocean Spray is up to. You know that cranberry juice runs through my veins. It was my first cocktail. The Wait, literally juice. Ocean Spray? Like cranberry like juice? Literally, literally, literally. Yeah, we're going to take you. are we talking to from there? The, the, the top. We're going right to the top. I only Mark, talk to the top, Jennifer. I know that. I know that. I anyway, I'm going to take my temperature again. Well, we should all be taking our temperature. Where's mine? Oh, I know, right? No, I literally take my temperature daily, like five times with this <laughs> rectal thermometer. It's all we have. It's, it, you know, I play switch, but it works. Oh, look, it doubles as a swizzle stick. Jennifer, thank you. We will see you on Friday. And everybody else, it. thank you. Food and Beverage Magazine, we're out. Hug your kids and count your blessings.